Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we're continuing on in our sermon series called One Year From Now. And what we're trying to do throughout the series is to help you become more like Jesus one year from now. But in order to do that, we have to know who Jesus is. But the problem is that there are plenty of people out there who think they already know everything there is to know about Jesus. There are people who think that they know exactly who Jesus loves. There are people out there who think they know exactly what Jesus' values are. There are plenty of people out there that will tell you which political party Jesus would be a part of or which candidates he would support. But in this sermon, we're going to be reminded that there is always more for all of us to learn about Jesus. So let's get right into this episode sermon. Like in English. 
English when we talk about imitating someone. You know, another way of thinking about that is that we're impersonating someone. And if you've ever watched an episode of Saturday Night Live, you know what it means to impersonate somebody. Tune into Saturday Night Live, there's going to be somebody on the cast who is impersonating Joe Biden or Donald Trump or another important public figure just to try to get a laugh. Or the word imitate can also mean to make something that is fake or counterfeit. But in the Bible, the word, the, the Greek word that we translate as imitate or imitators, which is the word mimetes, doesn't have that same negative connotation. The Greek word always has a positive connotation that goes along with it. So when Paul tells us that we need to be imitators of God, Paul's not telling us that we need to impersonate God, or that we need to create a counterfeit version of God. Now, when Paul tells us that we want to imitate God, he wants us to take on the manner and the characteristics of God. So ultimately, what Paul is telling us that we need to do, that our goal as followers of Jesus should be, is that we should be more like Jesus. So that's what we're trying to do throughout this opening series of this new year. One year from now, we want to help you be more like Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. One year from now, we want to help you to be more like Jesus. But in order for that to happen, in order for you to become more like Jesus, you've got to know who Jesus is. That just makes sense. So last week, as we entered into this new year, we challenge you to do something every day in the month of January. Every day in the month of January, we challenge you to read one chapter from the book of Matthew. And Matthew is a biography of Jesus. So just by reading one chapter from the book of Matthew every single day, you get to learn a little bit more about who Jesus is. And that's going to help you better understand who you're supposed to become. But that's not all we're doing. I didn't just ask you to read a chapter from the book of Matthew every day during the month of January. I also told you that every Sunday when we come together to worship in January, we're going to dig deeper into one of the passages that you read over the previous week so that we can work together to all have a better idea of who Jesus is so we know who it is that we're trying to become. So what this means is last week I challenged you to read Matthew chapter 1 through Matthew chapter 7. So if you were able to do that, if you kept up with that, you read Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2, and those are basically stories about Jesus' birth. And since we just came out of the Christmas season where we spent an entire month kind of reflecting on what Jesus' birth means, I don't really feel like we need to dig deeper into the story of Jesus' birth today. And as you kept reading in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, well, that's the Sermon on the Mount. That's Jesus' longest recorded sermon, and although Jesus teaches us a whole lot of different stuff inside of the Sermon on the Mount, they really want to focus in on that section either. Instead, the, the, the passage that I want us to focus in on today takes place between Jesus' birth and his biggest sermon. And the part I want us to focus in on is, the, is when we really start to get an idea of who Jesus is, not as a baby, but when he becomes an adult, as his ministry is about to begin. So, if you've got a Bible close by, let me encourage you to go ahead and grab it and turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And as you're finding it, let me just remind you that the book of Matthew, again, it's a biography of Jesus. So as you're reading through the book of Matthew, you're going to read uh, about Jesus' birth and his baptism like you did last week if you kept up with the readings. And you're going to read about Jesus' ministry and the miracles he performed like you're going to be reading about this upcoming week. And you're also going to read about Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection, which we'll get to a little bit later on this month. But the part I want us to focus in on 
when we get our first good look at who Jesus is as an adult in Matthew chapter 4. So let's take a look at what Matthew tells us. So Matthew 4, starting in verse 1. This is what Matthew writes. It says, Then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness, so that the devil might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. Jesus replied, It's written, people don't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. After that, the devil brought him into the holy city and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down. For it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus replied, Again it is written, Don't test the Lord your God. Then the devil brought him to a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said, I'll give you all of these if you bow down and worship me. Jesus responded, Go away, Satan, because it is written, You will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil left him, and angels came and took care of him. All right, so right before this passage in Matthew chapter 4, that's when we get our very first glimpse at Jesus as an adult. Because in Matthew chapter 3, that's when Jesus goes to John the Baptist and asks John to baptize him. But we only get a little glimpse of who Jesus is in Matthew chapter 3. Because in that entire story of Jesus' baptism, you realize that Jesus barely speaks a single sentence in that story. So Matthew chapter 4 is the first time that we get a good look at who Jesus is. And you better believe that Matthew's not going to waste his opportunity to properly introduce us to Jesus. Now, Matthew's did not going to waste his opportunity to properly introduce us to Jesus because Matthew knows who Jesus is. Which makes sense. He's writing a book about him. Matthew knows who Jesus is. So Matthew knows that this Jesus that he's writing this book about is the Messiah. Now, the word Messiah is one of those words that we use a lot around church that we never really stop and explain what it means. But I think we need to stop and explain what the word Messiah means so that we can fully appreciate what's happening here. Now, the word Messiah is a Hebrew word that literally means anointed. And it's the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek word Christ. So both the word Messiah and Christ mean the same thing. Literally, they both mean anointed. But what they're referring to is the way that the kings of Israel were anointed before they sat on the throne and officially ruled over the people of Israel. So... Matthew knows that Jesus is the Messiah. Matthew knows that Jesus is the anointed one of God. But Matthew also knows the whole story about Jesus. And Matthew knows that Jesus isn't exactly like the previous kings of Israel that the title Messiah could have referred to. So Matthew wants to make it very clear to us, as soon as he starts introducing us to Jesus, that Jesus isn't like these kings of old. And he actually does that right as the passage begins in Matthew chapter 4. Because one of the first things that Matthew tells us is that after Jesus was baptized, he goes out in the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Now we read
see this story in other Gospels, but Matthew's the only one that tells us that the fasting lasted for not just 40 days, but also for 40 nights. And that's important because Matthew didn't just pluck those numbers out of thin air. Matthew tells us that because he's trying to draw our minds to another biblical story. And I'm not talking about the one where, you know, with Noah's Ark, where it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Just a coincidence here. No, I'm talking about a story that involves another important leader in Israel's history. And that's Moses. Because when Moses was leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, after they had been enslaved there for 400 years, God tells Moses to climb up on a mountain, Mount Sinai, so that God can talk with Moses. And in Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, we're told, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat any bread or drink any water. So when Moses was with God, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Just like Matthew tells us that Jesus does, as he enters into the wilderness, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And Matthew's doing this because Matthew wants to make it clear to us that Jesus has more in common with Moses than he has in common with the previous kings of Israel. And Matthew doesn't stop here. Matthew's going to continue to make this distinction more. So the next one he shows us for us is in the way that Jesus responds to every one of the temptations that the devil offers him. Because you may not realize this, but when Jesus responds to every one of the, the temptations that the devil offers to him, his response is actually something that Moses already taught the people of Israel about in the book of Deuteronomy. Like in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, that's where Moses teaches the people of Israel that they cannot live on bread alone. In Deuteronomy 6, 16, Moses teaches the people of Israel that they, excuse me, he teaches the people of Israel that they are not to put, put the Lord their God to the test. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 13, that's where Moses teaches the people of Israel that they are to fear God and serve God only. So everything that Jesus says in this passage when he responds to the devil's temptations are things that Moses had already taught the people of Israel. So Matthew, from the very beginning, when he first introduces us to Jesus, he's trying to make it clear that Jesus is more like Moses and not like the previous kings of Israel. And this is something that's really important because of the way that the previous kings of Israel behaved. Because if the previous kings of Israel, if they found themselves in the situation that Jesus did, if the devil offered them the same, same temptations that he offered Jesus, well, the previous kings of Israel probably would have behaved differently. First thing that the devil tempts Jesus to do is he tempts Jesus to turn stones into bread. And he realized that's got to be a big temptation if you haven't eaten for 40 days, right? I mean, I can't pass up the, tem the temptation to eat donuts every Sunday morning when I come to church. And I haven't eaten since, like, last night. All right? But if you haven't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights, it's got to be really tempting. If you have the power to turn stone into bread, to do it. And if Jesus was like the previous kings of Israel, you know what? He would have done it. Because the previous kings of Israel have a long history, a long and notorious history, of making sure that their needs are met even if it means that other people have to suffer. And if you don't believe me, just think about the whole story of David and Bathsheba, and it'll prove the point, too. But Jesus isn't like the previous kings of Israel. Jesus is like Moses. And Moses knows that God will provide for his needs, just like God provided manna from heaven to feed 
So the second temptation that the devil presents before Jesus is he takes him up to the, to the top of the temple and he says to Jesus, throw yourself off and God will save you. The devil says, test God, prove that God is God. And if Jesus was like the previous kings of Israel, he would have done it. Because the previous kings of Israel were always trying to figure out who the real God was because they were always chasing after other gods besides the God of Israel. They were always worshiping other gods that they encountered in other cultures, making idols to them to worship them. But Jesus isn't like the previous kings of Israel. Jesus is more like Moses. And Moses had no problem tearing down the altars and the idols that the people of Israel built to worship other gods. dominion over the entire earth and all the kingdoms in it. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never heard about a king who doesn't want to have more power. Never in history has any king not wanted to have more power. But Jesus isn't like the previous kings of Israel. Jesus is like Moses. And when you read Moses' story, you realize that Moses is always a reluctant leader. And when God tells him, time to step away from his position and his power, Time and time again, as you're reading Matthew chapter 4, Matthew is trying to make it clear to us that Jesus isn't like the previous kings of Israel. Jesus is more like Moses. But why does Matthew work so hard to do this? Well, it's because Matthew not only knows and understands who Jesus is, Matthew not only understands that Jesus is the Messiah, but he also understands the expectations that the people of Israel have for the Messiah. And the people of Israel expected that the Messiah was going to be like the ultimate version of the previous kings of Israel. So they expected the Messiah is going to be a conquering king who will come in and defeat outside enemies and empires and restore the kingdom of Israel, bringing Israel back to its previous glory and power in the world. to be looking for that kind of Messiah as we're learning who Jesus is. Instead, Matthew wants to show us that Jesus isn't who we expect him to be. This is important. You may want to write that down if you take notes because it's really easy to forget. But Matthew is trying to show us that Jesus isn't who we expect him to be. And you know what? We need to approach Jesus the exact same trying to do as we enter into this new year in Melbourne We're trying to understand and have a better idea of who Jesus is so we know who it is we're trying to become. But you know what? There are plenty of people who think they already know everything there is to know about Jesus. There are plenty of people out there who are convinced that they know exactly what kind of people Jesus loves. There are plenty of people out there who are convinced that they know exactly what values Jesus has. There are plenty of people out there who are convinced that they know exactly which political party Jesus would be a part of or which candidates he would vote for. There are plenty of people who think they already know everything there is to know about Jesus. Do you know what? To be perfectly honest, it's a really easy trap for all of us to fall into, especially if you spend a lot of time around the church. I mean, I've been a Christian since I was seven years old. It's more than 33 years that I've been following Jesus. 
And when I was a kid, I could count on one hand the number of times that I missed Sunday school or worship services growing up. So I was there to read every single Sunday school lesson. I listened to every single sermon. I participated in every Bible study. So I should know who Jesus is. And you know what? If that wasn't enough, after you know, when I went to college, I earned my undergraduate degree in religion. From there, I went to seminary where I got a Master's of Divinity degree. And since then, I've been pastoring churches for more than 15 years. So at this point, there are times when I feel like I should know exactly who Jesus is. And that's a trap that's easy for all of us to fall into because we think, I've been to Sunday school, I've been to worship services, I've read my Bible, I've said my prayers, I've done all these things. I know who Jesus is. But from the very beginning, from the very beginning when Matthew introduces us to a grown-up Jesus, he wants to challenge us to realize that Jesus isn't who we expect him to be. So as you're reading the book of Matthew, eyes are open and your mind is open to it, there are going to be times that you're convinced that Jesus is going to go right, but he ends up going left. And there are going to be times when you're reading it where you're going to be convinced that Jesus is about to condemn someone, but he ends up praising them instead. There are going to be times when you're reading the book of Matthew that you're going to think you have Jesus figured out, only for Matthew to flip the script and have you wonder if you knew Jesus at all. There's a theologian by the name of Elizabeth Johnson who describes Jesus this way. She calls Jesus an ineffable mystery. And what that means is that Jesus is always going to be beyond our ability to fully comprehend or explain. And you know what? As we continue on, before we can keep moving forward in this series, before you can keep reading through the book of Matthew, this is something that you need to realize as well. As we try to learn more about Jesus, we need to realize that there is still plenty for all of us to learn. As we try to learn more about Jesus, we need to realize that there is still plenty for all of us to learn about Jesus. There's more for you to learn about Jesus if this is the first time you've ever been to church, whether you're here with us in person today or worshiping with us online. But there's also more for you to learn about Jesus if you haven't missed a Sunday this century. There's more for you to learn about Jesus if you have never opened your Bible before. But there's also more for you to learn about Jesus if you've been leading Bible studies for years. There is always more for us to learn about Jesus. And so as we continue through this series, as we continue on into this new year, as we're trying to learn more about who Jesus is so we can become more like Jesus, we need to keep our eyes and our ears and our minds and our hearts open. As you're reading through the book of Matthew, keep your mind open to the stories that you're reading. Let those stories speak to you. Instead of going in assuming that you already know what all of those stories are going to teach you about who Jesus is. When you come to worship on Sunday mornings, don't just expect that you know what the preacher's going to say. When we talk about passages like the one about Jesus being tempted like we have today, because I'm willing to guess that you haven't really heard anybody talk about the way that the temptation stories explains the difference between Moses and the previous kings and our understanding of the Messiah. So we've got to keep our eyes and our minds and our hearts open. We can't go in thinking that we know everything there is to know about Jesus. Because if you know everything there is to know about Jesus, you don't know Jesus. 
made an idol instead. There's always more for us to learn about Jesus. So if you keep an open mind and an open heart as you're reading through the book of Matthew, you're coming to worship services, you're going to find that Jesus surprises you time and time again. And you'll also realize that there is always more for us to learn to help us grow closer to God, to help us become more like Jesus. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this word of prayer, we thank you for the story that we've heard from the book of Matthew today and the way that he tells the story of Jesus' temptation. God, we need this reminder that Jesus isn't who we expect him to be. Because we all want to create Jesus in our own image. We all want to think that Jesus would love the same people that we love, have the same values that we have, read the same books, watch the same TV shows, support the same candidates and politicians. We want to believe that Jesus is just like us. God, we need the reminder that Jesus isn't who we expect him to be. That Jesus isn't just like us. Instead, we're called to be more like him. So God, help us to set aside our previous ideas of exactly who Jesus is as we enter into this new year. As we're reading through the book of Matthew together, God, us to see him with fresh eyes. Help us to meet Jesus in the place. Help us to see who you're suffering with us so that we can become more like you. We pray it all in his name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has reminded you that whether you are new to faith or you have been a follower of Jesus for years, there is more for you to learn about who Jesus is. And there's no way that you can become more like Jesus if you don't know him. So take the time, dig into the Bible, learn more about who Jesus is. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode, but we hope that you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops next week. Now, as always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app, or you can come and join us live online every Sunday morning. We worship at 10.30 a.m. at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We'd love to have you come and join us. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week. I will be praying for you, and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.